If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everybody, it is time for the second episode of Crowd Sorcery, which is the show where I tell you all about the crowdfunding games, i.e. Crowd Sorcery, that are going to be ending in the next couple of weeks that I think really stand out from the crowd. And this time, for our second episode ever, there were a ton of games that I spent a lot of time digging through. There were a lot of really good contenders, but in the end, I've got seven, I think, that are for my uh, taste anyway, the cream of the crop. But before I get going, you might say, what the heck is going on? Where am I? Folks, I am on the road in Alaska. I'm in a uh, 25-foot RV right now. It is very early in the morning. Apologies for the poor lighting. My wife is out walking along a beautiful stream here in Whittier, Alaska. And I've got just a few minutes to tell you about this stuff because uh, we got to get ready to go do a glacier boat ride, which we're very excited about. Oh, this has been one of the most amazing vacations we've ever had. It ends tomorrow, but today i got to do a little bit of work for you. So let me tell you about these seven games. Um, and for starters, we've got Brett Valda, which ends in just two days from now. And today is uh, June 6th. Sorry, I would have liked to have spent the time to put all the dates down there at the bottom of the screen, but I just don't have time. Um, anyway, Brett Valda. This was actually a sponsored video that uh, Rel did a run-through for on the channel. And if you like dudes on a map, 4X-style gaming, building up a civilization, um, you know, getting your economic engine up and running, and then going out and uh, fighting in the countryside, this is the game for you. Uh, Ruel did a really deep, the heaviest run-through he has actually done for the channel so far, because this is a big, ambitious 4X-style game. And there's a lot of interesting stuff it does, multi-use cards and, you know, uh, unique player powers and all of that, but I think what really makes it uh, stand out from the rest is a big, big focus on combat. A lot of times in these kind of games, you can just tend to turtle off to the side. I'm just going to mind my own business here and do really well. But in this game, you are heavily incentivized to fight, fight, fight. I mean, even more so in a lot of these style games, there are neutral kingdoms that, hey, these are just uh, ripe for the taking. Players are just racing to beat them. In this game, you can actually take control of the neutral territories, uh, the neutral kingdoms, and use them against your opponents. So, if you are looking for an epic Game of Thronesy style, uh, you know, battle of wits as players try to control the, uh, oh, what is it? The uh, I think it's the Dark Ages, or it's certainly pre-Renaissance um, Britannia. It is definitely worth checking out uh, Britannia, or I'm sorry, not Britannia, Brett Valda, which, as I said, ends just two days from now. So you've got a little bit more time to check out the uh, run-through from Ruel. And then after that, we have got Helsinki Deluxe. 
Oh my goodness. Um, I did a run through for this. Uh, this thing ends in 51 hours. So just over two days as well. You've got to check out Helsinki Deluxe. You can watch my sponsored run through of it. And this is a game uh, that I really enjoyed because I love polyomino tile layers. And this one brings in that Tetris feel where the polyominoes will actually come in from uh, different sides of the board. They always don't always, unlike regular textures, just fall straight down. They can be coming in from the north, the south, the east, or the west. And that is driven by um, how you are doing your card drafting. Because you need to draft cards to be able to build the tiles to get them to slide onto the board. And it's a really great 1-2-3 combo that's incredibly fast playing. I mean, this is practically a filler game. Uh, and yet there's a lot of really interesting, uh, crunchy stuff, especially if you turn on the expansion that comes with the game. And um, this version of the game that I believe will only be available through um, Kickstarter. I could be wrong about that. You can check the page. Uh, it features exclusive deluxe acrylic tiles, which I've seen these in the past. They're really, really nice looking. So it definitely takes it to the next level. And you've got a couple more days to check out um, Helsinki. Okay, then um, we've got... Journey Adventure Quest, or Jack, as it's called. This is another one that I did a sponsored preview for. You've got 47 hours, so again, just under two days uh, to check this one out, and you can watch my run-through to get an idea of what it's like. I actually wanted to play the videos of all of these today, which is normally what I do, but my internet connection speed is not reliable enough, so I'm a little bit nervous. Okay, let's give it a try. Let's see if it blows up in my face. And yeah, it's just sitting here. Oh, wait, no! Okay. I guess I was, uh, right. But, okay, we actually get to the gameplay portion, or are you just going to sit there and make me wait? There we go. Although, it's a little choppy. All right, anyway, though, um, this is a set collection game within set collection within set collection, and a really satisfying game, too, because we are uh, racing to be the best adventurers we can. Um, you know, there's always, like, these big uh, boss monsters that are um, building up in power over time, but so are we. That's the really cool thing about this game. And, boy, yeah, that is really choppy, isn't it? Let's just go on down and scroll down and look at pictures, shall we? Um, <clears throat> The main thing about this game is you've got your armor and your helmet and your left hand and your right hand. And over the course of the game, as you're doing um, card drafting to get better and better cards, you lay them over the top of the existing cards, um, enhancing or detracting from the powers you've already made. And the boss that you're always trying to fight, the next one you're trying to set up for, is doing the same thing. So it's a very, very fast uh, card drafting game. Two-player drafting has like an open display of all the cards. Three or higher has seven one style drafting and the set collection is through the roof every one of these cards can contribute to different ways that you're trying to score points while also just trying to get strong enough to beat the bosses as well has really nice presentation very smooth very fast gameplay again you can check out my preview to learn more about a journey adventure quest then we've got one that i haven't covered unfortunately the button shy reprint campaign for june of 2022 again two days left that's why i had to get this stuff done today folks there was not much time. Um, I'm very, very excited about this. I personally have only played two Button Shy games. Circle the Wagons and Sprawlopolis. No, that's not true. I played three. I played uh, Tussie Mussy as well. And um, every once in a while, Button Shy games are known for their presentation style where the games just fit in this. They're just like micro games is what they're called. 
um, you know, less than 20 cards. That's the entire experience. You, They come in little wallet-sized containers. You can literally just carry around in your pocket and just bust them out and play whenever. Circle the Wagons is in my top 50 games of all time. It is absolutely phenomenal. Sprawlopolis is great, too. And I thought Tussie Mussie was very clever, although... Not at its best as a two-player game. Definitely want to play Tussie Mussie as a higher-player game. It works well as a two-player, but it's going to be much more interesting with a player to your left and to your right. But that's just the three games of theirs I've played. They've got a huge catalog. And what's interesting is, for this Kickstarter game, well, you can back at the or this GameFound uh, campaign, the one, two, three, four, five, and these games are like $11 a piece. Um, so if you just like one, you're really not risking too terribly much uh, because uh, that's their, the nature is they're just tight, little compact games that pack a lot of punch. Now, I have to admit, I was just double-checking this this morning, and I was heartbroken to see that apparently people got to vote on which games were going to be available in this Kickstarter campaign, and the one of my top 50 games of all time, Circle the Wagons, did not make the list. That's a real heartbreaker, but Sprawlopolis is fantastic. And again, Tussie Mussie at higher player counts is really cool, too. But there are other ones that I would love to check out. Spaceship, Wonder Tales, Revolver Noir, um, let's see, Tides, uh, Mint and Julep. And, uh, you know, some of these are brand new, I believe. Some of these are bringing back some of their classics. I suspect, based on my experience with this publisher, they're probably all going to be very interesting and engaging. And if you check out the GameFound page. There are videos of the newer games on there. Uh, Tides looks neat. I mean, Dice Towers covered that. So, uh, yeah. I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer. I, I mean, believe me, where I am right now, on the road, Jen and I have been playing some games on this super tiny table that I am talking to you from, and uh, having a few of these games in my back pocket would have been very, very handy. They are, they are the ultimate restaurant games, the ultimate travel games, and um, Button Shy, really, their big thing is they pack big punch into super tiny packages, and now is a great opportunity to get a handful of them you know just pick and uh, choose the ones that really speak to you the most again why isn't circle the wagons there oh that is the one blemish in an otherwise very exciting campaign that ends in just two more days okay moving right along we have got globe trotting which is another one i did a uh, paid uh preview for a sponsorship of but this was jen's game of the month jen gave this five out of five stars she very rarely does this but she fell so hard in love with this game because of what this animated gift shows this is a roll and write or a flip and write where you do not write on a piece of paper you write on a globe and it is so i mean just the toy factor just the gimmick of this is so wonderful and engaging right out of the gate um you know and so that's what kind of pulled me in but i will be honest this game is crunchy this is much heavier than your average roll and write because of the restrictions every round. Okay, you can watch my uh, preview video I did. Oh my, I had so much fun playing it. It's a really uh, solid multiplayer game, solo game, um, and it's just so much fun. Lives up to the excitement. Both my wife and I fell so hard in love with this game, I'm blown away by this. I said in um, my, uh, but I'm not alone. I mean, there are other people who are really raving about this thing, and um, I know some people have mentioned on my video that, oh my gosh, those globes are so huge. They'll take it the box will be so huge it won't be because the globes can um you know snap apart stack within each other and then you've got a relatively reasonable normal sized game box i've got to own this folks like i said this is probably this is probably jen's favorite game she has played this 
year so far. And again, it's not just because of the gimmick, although that's a big part of it too. The actual gameplay of how you're trying to balance planning three different worldwide trips, going for all different kinds of objectives. And the main thing is, if you want to, uh, you can play with just three active objectives, and that's pretty straightforward. Kind of you know, standard uh, roll and write weight. Or the game has rules that say, hey, bring in even more objectives. Have five objectives. Have six objectives. And then pow, the game really explodes in complexity, and we fell hard in love with it. We were predisposed to like it, but wow, very, very impressed by Globetrotting. And again, how much time do you have on this one? You've got six days, as so I guess until June 12th, to um, check out the Kickstarter page for Globetrotting. Okay, then we've got Joey. Oh, this is one I have not covered, but oh, it looks so wonderful. This is a new, brand new publisher rolling out, uh, Australian-based, and it is the husband-wife team of Phil Walker-Harding and his wife, who's, I'm sorry, whose name I do not remember. Hopefully it'll say her name somewhere here. Um, ba 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 all right. Oh, yeah, Meredith and Phil Walker-Harding. Now, Phil Walker-Harding, if you're a fan of my show, you have seen me cover dozens of his games over the year. He is easily one of the most reliable working board game designers that are out there today. He has put out so many um, wonderful designs. I, I mean, he's really probably most well-known for Sushi Go, but, uh, I mean, you know, give me Baron Park any day of the week. I mean, there are so many wonderful designs. Today. And so he has been working for other publishers for his entire career. And he is now very bravely stepped up to the plate. He and his wife are starting a new publisher called Joey Games. Because, you know, Joey is a baby kangaroo. It's a very Australian down-under themed collection of three games. And you can back one, two, or three. I checked out all of them. And the one that really interested me the most is the heaviest one, Busy Beaks. This is a set collection card game all about the bird life of Australia. And uh, it features something that's kind of... Um, let's see, what was it? Uh, you know, uh, reckon, or, or, or reminds me of Dale of Merchants. Because every time you play, the game comes with a whole bunch of different uh, birds that have unique powers. But when you set up to play, you're just going to grab a subset of those birds, shuffle them together, and then start playing. And each bird has and, you know, a combination of five different birds is going to play very differently depending on which ones you get. Uh, and you know, if there are some of the powers you don't like, you leave them out. And so you have a ton of variety. And it seems like a, you know, a very cool quick, so seven sets from the uh, 12 sets of birds. I love this idea. It worked so well in Dale of Merchants. Again, Phil Walker-Harding does not disappoint with his design, so I think it'll work great here. Now, there's two other games as well. They're both a little bit on the lighter side. One is called Party Food. Australia has some really weird party foods, like fairy cake and all kinds of stuff. And this is interesting because it's a cooperative game where every round, one player draws three tiles from a bag, keeps one for themselves, and gives ones to their neighbor on either side. And we're all working together trying to make the best um, spread of party food. And it looks clever. It looks like it's lightweight, more for families. And I don't know how well it'll work with two when you don't have a player to your left and your right. Uh, but... Still, I'm interested in trying it. And then the lightest one is, oh, where was it? Scor uh, Scribbly Gum, which is a roll and write, <clears throat> which I, I think is a little bit lighter as well, but I would love to see a Phil Walker Harding roll and write. 
and or again a, a flip and right where everybody uh, apparently the uh, the oh, what is it the scribbly gum trees are known for these really rich elaborate scribbles on them I'm surprised there's no pictures of real world scribbly gum on the wet on the uh, page for some reason I'm sure you can Google search it and um, these uh, scribbles are made by worms that are basically chewing away at the uh, at the bark and so we are the worm trying to maneuver and make a uh, the most interesting and dynamic scribbly art on our tree bark with objectives and all kinds of stuff it looks nice it looks sweet and charming honestly I'd probably want to check out all three although if I were only gonna go for one it would be the heaviest of the bunch with the uh, the one that really appeals to me the most the um, oh, was it busy beaks but another interesting thing about all three of these every one of these games um, a portion of the proceeds for if you decide to check any of them out goes to to Australian-based um, uh, charities that help out, uh, you know, help support the birds and the flora and the fauna of Australia. So not only are you helping a brand new startup, um, you know, d you know, backed by the designs of one of the best, cons most consistent designers in the industry, but you are helping the flora and fauna of Australia as well. So this seems like a win-win-win-win-win, uh, as far as I'm concerned, which is why I put it on the list, uh, Joey, with six days to go. So I guess you have until the twelfth to check it out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And then the last one is Stonewall Uprising, the fight for gay civil rights. Now this is an interesting game. This is it was originally designed as a two-player head-to-head, kind of like a Twilight Struggle Watergate-style game where players are reliving real history with real characters and what and on radically opposite sides pursuing different agendas if you play this as a two-player game one player um is uh advocating for gay civil rights over generations starting with the stonewall riots and you know going all the way up to the 80s um and including the AIDS crisis and how that fundamentally changed the world and make no mistake this game does have heavy content but it is a celebration of uh people who have tirelessly worked their whole lives for gay civil rights and it tells their story in a really strong and uplifting way and I think that is a story that deserves to be told. It's not one I know very little about. And I suspect this game is as much an education as it is a fun time. But it looks like a really fun, solid game, too. Because the although there, it comes at a cost, the other player plays the man. The forces um, that try to fight back against progress and equal rights for all. And each player, whether you're playing as you know the, the gay rights activist or the man, are trying to pursue different things. The uh, the man is literally trying to demoralize the movement and stop it in its tracks, uh, whereas you know the uh, 
the uh, gay rights advocate uh, player, is literally trying to move the Overton window. I never thought I'd play a game where I'm literally focusing on the Overton window, and that sounds really, really cool. The game itself, it's, um, I believe, three different tug-of-wars that are going on simultaneously for public support, uh, individual supports, for fundraising and all that, and then actually governmental, you know, society-wide support as we try to work, each pursuing our own agenda through multi-use cards. And so again, it kind of, to me, harkens back to the kind of play that you get from, you know, uh, Twilight Struggle, but, you know, in, in a tight little package. Although, this has some really cool ideas, because one of the things you can choose to do is not play cards to trigger effects and, and work on, you know, manipulating the, the, your faction standing, but instead you can pass, and that lets you do some deck building to make your deck even stronger, to marshal your resources. But that means if you pass, you're letting your opponent start to, um, you know, build up more of a counter-offensive against you. That's all very, very cool. And if you're interested, but you're saying, wait a minute, I, I'm really intrigued by this game, but I do not want to play as the societal forces that are working to prevent people from having equal rights. Don't worry, they got you covered because the game has solo rules, so nobody has to play as the man. You can play against an automated player, and, um, and I think that's pretty much the way I would want to play it as well. I hope, how much more time is there on this? We have got 11 days to go, so I guess it's going to be over on the uh, 16th. Uh, June. So, you know, this is, uh, there, there's still time here. My hope is that in the same way that because they were responding to, you know, people saying, look, I don't want to play as the man. I suspect there are people who would uh, like to play this as a two-player co-op. And if I, I say to the designers of Stonewall Rising, check out the Onerum series game, because now that you have a solid and well-designed uh, solo game, um, it's not that, it's probably something you could look at trying to turn that into a two-player cooperative game as well. Like the Onerum series of games have done, that is what I think would really make this exciting. Uh, fingers crossed, not sure if it's going to happen, um, but even still, I would definitely love to check this game out. Uh, I know, and, I'm, I'm, and honestly, I mean, even, you know, putting on the bad guy hat and playing as the man, I think is going to be an interesting and engaging and enlightening experience as well. One of the things that really stood out to me is the way they are approaching the storytelling of this. Uh, the, uh, the gay rights side, it's full of real characters with faces and names that helps you personify the struggle. While being the man, you are playing a beer, basically just kind of a bureaucracy, a faceless, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, dehumanized presence. And I think that's a really engaging and, and interesting way to tell this story also. So I am very, very intrigued, uh, which is why I think it definitely deserves to be on the list. Everybody should take a few minutes to look at it, even if you're not on the back. Just look at how our favorite hobby, our passion, can be used for something more than just having a good time. It can be used to actually educate and enlighten and inform maybe even changed a few hearts and minds along the way. So, Stonewall Rising, the fight for gay civil rights, is definitely worth your time to check out, too. And that's it, folks. Oh, man. Um, Jen, I think she'll be back in a second from walking along the beautiful stream here at this little uh, campground. And um, 
uh, I got to get this thing uploading because the internet is here slow. Or actually, it's, it's actually pretty good considering. It's actually the best internet I've had all week here. Oh, this has been tough. Uh, you know, trying to go through uh, mobile data withdrawals and my wife's phone got throttled and finally opened up. So I'm hoping I can get this uploaded and uh, for you folks because, hey, you don't have much time for some of these. But I will be back, folks, in two more weeks with episode three of crowdfunding. And I hope to see you then. And in the meantime, thanks for watching. Have a nice day. Talk to you later. So long. Oh, bye-bye.